Good evening, you're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Kuma. Tonight, Drikas Komring and uh, from Capicraft and Mark Detoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Join me to unpack your stock-related questions. Be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Just looking at um, the JSC, quite interesting movements that we have seen there. And particularly looking at the resources uh, complex, we saw that making a turnaround today after being beaten down over the last couple of uh, days, particularly uh, the PGMs. Uh, Drikas, was there something uh, significant with uh, PGM prices or maybe were those counters lifted by the announcements that we got, particularly from Northern? No, a bit of both. Obviously, Northern, that has at last, according to some shield, has done the right thing. Um, they've taken a, a big loss, but um, it's over now. Uh, and any, um, you know, and the management and shielders could look forward to uh, to a future where there's no hostile takeovers uh, and premium prices paid for for the competitors. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's all water under the bridge for them now. So that's why the, the ship uh, popped up. Um, and then yeah, I think uh, uh, in general, you know, PGM prices have been under pressure for most of the year, and we've seen some recovery of that. The rhodium price uh, stopped, uh, you know, plummeting at least, um, and it's forming a bit of a, a, a trough at the moment. So let's see where that goes. Um, but yeah, it, it does look a bit better for the PGM miners. Um, uh, although the the rand be having strengthened the bit does take away a bit of their earnings power. Yeah. Um. Just a uh, mark. Uh, talking about Northern. Uh, I mean, now they've been squeezed out of RB Platt. Now they have all this money. Um. Is it too late to get into Northern right now, or do you suspect that there could be more upside because of maybe what they could do with all this cash? Yeah. I mean. I guess, first of all, I mean, I think that they, I mean, according to, to us, we think that Northern made the right decision to walk away from the deal now. I mean, I think it was brave of them to do it because they are going to have to show um, a loss or recognize a loss on their investment. Um, but given where PGM prices are now, um, I think it would put their balance sheet at strain to, to have taken on the RB Platt stake. So now with them um, tendering their shares and getting the the, the cash from Implats, I mean, Northern's balance sheet is in a much stronger, stronger position. Um, and they've still got good growth in their current assets. I mean, they're busy um, uh, increasing their production at Boisendahl and Irland. Um, and I think that that kind of puts them in the number one position when it comes to the four PGM miners that, at this point. Um, I would say, however, though, is that PGM prices have come off a lot and the RAND has strengthened, and then earnings going forward, unless the PGM prices go up, earnings are going to come under pressure for all the, the PGM miners. So maybe if you want to do a switch from one to the other, you can buy Northern, but I wouldn't, uh, on the whole, be buying the, the miners here. Uh, even uh, Amplats, uh, Mark? Yeah, I think all of them. I mean, what you what they're going to report numbers now, but... Um, the, the real collapse in the PGM prices, in particular rhodium, only happened in June. 
So you're not going to get the full effect of that in those numbers that they report now. So I think you have to be a little bit careful in the PGM space. Um, auto sales have been good, which is which should be good for PGM prices, and yet the, the prices have come off. So there's something that's happening there that uh, that is not quite clear. I mean, it could be that, that a lot of metals flowing from Russia into China. We have seen that China's been absent from the, the, the spot market in rhodium basically for this whole year. So they're getting their metal elsewhere at this point. Um, and it's just it's difficult to to know where where, where prices go from from these levels. Yeah. Um, uh, um, from the uh, the production updates uh, that were posted today, triggers uh, by uh, the whole Anglo-American stable, have any of those numbers kind of changed your dial on maybe your positioning there in that commodity space and maybe particularly in that Anglo-American uh, stable? Um, to be quite honest, I didn't have a look at the report. We don't own Anglos and haven't for a while. And the reason being, um, they and, and BSP Politi, your diversified miners, are quite heavy iron ore. So uh, uh, a long while ago, we decided to shy away from iron ore heavy miners because there's no more uh, skyscrapers and breaches to nowhere going up in China, um, which has been a prudent decision. So we rather focus on base metals. Um, we, we rather own base metal miners like um Glencore uh, might be one that's locally listed. Um, there obviously are much uh, better options offshore, um, but we rather focus on those. So sorry, I didn't have a proper look at the, the report. No worries, but thank you for that. That's a very interesting take. So thank you for your insights there on why you moved away from uh, <laughs> that Anglo-American stable there. Um, there's a question here. SA has so many stocks at what seems bargain basement, very, very low. Are you driving your clients to buy in at this level or is your game plan in a direction you have yet to share with us? Uh, Mark? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we, we are overweight the South African financial stocks. I mean, we do think that they are um, at decent buying levels, like South African banks, insurers. We also think South African retailers um, are going to have difficult sets of results now um, with sales not growing as fast as they as they were, plus having higher cost due to load shedding. But I mean, I think that, that going forward from here, the results get better and their prices have come off a lot. So yes, I mean, we do agree that, that the South African stocks look like um, look like buyers at these levels. Um, and we're not telling our investors to take their money elsewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> on your side, driving clients to buy uh, SA Inc. at this level or uh, are you taking another direction? Yeah, we just released um, in the last week, released our uh, quarterly newsletter. In it, we uh, made a case for, you know, owning SA stocks, um, especially uh, REITs. I think REITs have been, uh, you know, for, for good reason, have been decimated. Uh, pull up a chart of, of Redefine or Growth Point or any of the uh, big REITs, and you'll just see the share prices that have been bombed out. And for very good reason, there was a lot of, uh, you know, those, uh, let's say, just the management of most of those reads flew very close to the sun a lot of financial engineering and uh, i think there was a lot of buying you know from from um pension funds ras you know a lot of regulation regulation 28 made it uh, quite um attractive to mm. to load up your uh, retirement annuity with with reads at one stage and um so yeah i think it's a typical capital cycle you don't see a lot of um malls and office buildings and a lot of you know in general just a lot of buildings going up mm-hmm. uh, in sa at the moment for the last few years though so it's a typical capital cycle it will turn it will take time to turn out well we are always early 
to a capital cycle story. But um, I do think you get paid to wait, and, and especially with REITs, you know, having having the um, discipline or the or the um, uh, they have to pay out seventy five percent, you know, of earnings. Um, having that requirement put on them. Mm, I think uh, it forces oh. them to right size balance sheets. It forces them to make um, better. Um, yeah, it forces them to make a better capital allocation decisions. So, uh, yeah, that's where we started to uh, buy into this market. Ah, all right. There's quite an interesting question here. Uh, considering uh, Afrimat and Mbala's latest acquisitions, which one is uh, the best investment case? Um, Mark? Um, you said Afrimat and Afrimat, Afrimat and Mbala. Oh, um, so, yeah, we, we have a, a preference for Afrimat. Uh, we think that um, um, Andres van Heerden, the CEO, I mean, he's done a, a fantastic job over over um, quite a, a decent period of time with the acquisitions that he's done. I mean, Afrimed tends to do things differently. They buy um, quarries and in, in later years, mines that are, are loss-making and that need to be restructured. I think that they um, the acquisition of the anthracite mine in Kumati was was uh, really impressive because that mine didn't make money for 40 years and yet they've been able to turn it around in three years. Um, they do things differently. They think about things differently um, and they have a more diverse portfolio. So Implats has been very much a, a PGM miner um, and the acquisition of RB Platt was driven by um, wanting to extend their production profile. They've got an adjacent mine um, already to, to RB Platt. So for them, that, that acquisition makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but from an overall, um, if you're just comparing the two stocks, our preference is for Afrimat. Ah. Um, on your side, Drikas, I mean, you just mentioned that you moved away from iron ore, but what about PGMs? Uh, Afrimat versus uh, Imbala based on their latest acquisitions? Now, PGM is, is a bit more difficult from a capital cycle perspective. Uh, it's not like these guys, when they were earning um, big, uh, when they were making a lot of cash flows in the last few years uh, after the, the recovery with the rhodium price spiking in the last few years, it's not like they went out and built a lot of mines. So I'm, I'm not too certain. I, th- I think it's more a demand concern picture at the moment. And, um, you know, what is the future for, for uh, catalytic converters, etc.? I think that hangs over the industry. Obviously, there's other uses or other potential uses also for the for, for PGMs. And uh, obviously, then there's the geopolitical um, uh, um, angle to it as well. You know, if, if something intensifies with the war in Russia, you can always see something like palladium being, um, being sanctioned. Uh, and that will obviously... Um, Cause a, a big spike in both platinum and palladium prices, so there's always that that bit of uh, optionality in in them. Um, but we are we have small positions. We don't own any of the big four. Um, we own Zimplex and uh, one or two other smaller listed players. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, well, Mark, earlier on you were talking about while we were talking about SA Inc. You were talking about uh, getting into banks, but uh, what about Capitec? Yeah, I mean, Capitec is a is a great business. Uh, you don't often get a, a chance to buy it at a, at a decent price. Um, it is kind of the more expensive of of the big five listed banks. Um, so it's a little bit a little bit further down on our radar. 
I do think that this set of results is going to be challenging for them. We are expecting quite a high credit loss ratio, and I'm not sure how the market will will react to that. Uh, so we've been holding off at this point, looking for a better entry price. But I mean, it's a great, great business, well run, great management team, great product. So you know, if you're not looking to to kind of squeeze that last percent out of your returns, then you know, it's a great business to own. Trikas, there are some people who believe that for a good company. Um, the price is never too high. Uh, but uh, looking at Capitec, uh, what would you say at this point? Yeah, I, I get why people invest in SA banks. Um, the, obviously, the um, the reason for them investing some of the others are the valuations. But uh, I look offshore and I find a lot of good banks uh, at also at attractive valuations. I think Capitec, um, the growth story has changed. You're not going to get the same return on equity, you know, um, they're not going to replicate that with the incremental rent that they that they um, retain. So you can't just take the the current ROE or ROA and, and multiply retained earnings and, and think you, they're going to chug out that earnings growth rate. It's not going to happen. But uh, looking offshore, you know, we've we just invested in a. The last year we bought a bank in Kazakhstan. Now you might might say Kazakhstan. That's a lot of political risk. What the hell? You know, we're at the South, South Point of Africa, we've got enough political risk of our own. So, yeah. you know, um, so, yeah, we, we bought a bank. They had a three, three price earnings ratio. It's growing. Um, it's got a double digit dividend yield and it's got an ROE of more than 30 percent. You know, so why, why shouldn't I rather buy that than buy Capitec locally? Mm, OK, very, very interesting there. Uh, there is a question on 91 while, while we are still in financial services. What is the view on 91? Management buys a lot of the shares, so must think the stock is trading at a discount. Mark? Yes. Um, I mean, we, fundamentally, we like the 91 uh, business. I mean, they're a big global um, financial services or asset management business. Um, they, they have both equity and fixed income funds. Um, they're rolling out distribution um, into into Asia as well, and I think the I think it's a it's, a, it's another strong management team and well-run business. Um, the buying that you see is the management team that's buying their own shares. Uh, they want to 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 own the maximum that they that they can of their own business, which I think you know again shows you the confidence that they have. Mm. Um, they have had a bit of a, a more difficult period now because the assets under management have. Been a little bit under pressure given kind of what's happening globally and uh, a bit of a switch out of equity into fixed income funds. But I think, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we like the business. We think that they will do well, and it's a business that you can own as well. Uh, well, uh, uh, ninety one is more uh, risk on, right? And uh, I mean, just with how everything is going right now. Um, we saw the Reserve Bank, uh, the South African Reserve Bank, keeping interest rates on hold. Inflation is going down. Um, Drikas, do you think that things could get better for 91 from here on out? No, it's a global business and they're exposed to global markets. And if you're uneasy about where global markets you know, are in general, um, if you're uneasy about the valuation levels, um, about global markets, then, uh, yeah, I'm... Then you shouldn't really buy an asset manager at this stage. So that's purely from a timing perspective. But I do think 91 itself, they they 
they've, they've got the ability to grow assets over time. It's paying a, a good dividend yield while you wait. Um, yeah, I'm not going to stand in anybody's way buying 91. Good global business uh, with a solid yield. Um, I just don't think maybe the timing is right for, for buying, buying into it right now if you don't own any yet. Ah, all right. Um, there's a question here. Um, Apple versus uh, banks. Um, so Apple versus self, Salesforce versus Microsoft. I guess you could group those together versus uh, U.S. banks um, for the long term. Do you choose or do you spread your position, Mark? Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh Quite a diverse range of, of stocks that, that you've named there. I mean, I think that if you, um, you should have a, a diverse portfolio. I mean, you know, it's difficult. I think uh, it's difficult to pick a number, but if you've only got like four or five shares, I think you own too few. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not diverse enough. You know, if you're hitting 20 different shares and you've got a nice diverse portfolio, um, and I mean, of those that you've named, I mean, the U.S. banks, they do, they do look cheap. And I think that, um, you know, if you go for the, for like a Wells Fargo, I think that it'll be fine. Um, the, the only issue, I guess, with the U.S. banks is they, they have a good dividend yield. And then there's also quite a high withholding tax for, for non-U.S. residents. So you pay quite a, a hefty portion of your dividend away in taxes. Um, and then the other stocks that you named are more tech growth phase stocks. Uh, we own um, Microsoft and Google, and we continue to hold them. So, I mean, those would be my my choices. Uh, all right. Um, uh, you, Drikas, you were talking about uh, going offshore, and we were talking about banks. Uh, Kazakhstan, though, but would you be going into U.S. banks? And um, also, when you're there, do you go for U.S. banks or the tech shares, or do you spread? No, obviously, mostly I like a diverse portfolio, functionally diverse over sectors, over asset classes, etc. So not just owning X amount of shares, but having functional diversification through, you know, asset classes, sectors, etc. Um, the problems at the moment is just the valuations are, are so extreme, in our opinion, for most of the tech shares that we're completely avoiding the whole sector, the whole, the whole tech space. We've got a few what you might call um, NASDAQ listed stuff, but it's got nothing to do with with uh, tech i think um, there's a bit of a frenzy the last while and we've been actually been negative on t- technology for the last yeah since 2021 we've sold out most of our tech shares microsoft um, mastercard etc most of those NAS- big nasdaq players so we've been without tech shares since then and we will buy back in but not anywhere near these levels uh, uh, talking about uh tech shares just remaining with you trickers karoo would karoo be one to look at, Trigas? No, I haven't got an opinion on Kuru. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Mark? Not on my radar at the moment. <laughs> Mark, is that on your radar or not? Uh, yeah, so they, I mean, they had um, an update today um, on our radar. I mean, we do cover all the, the South African listed stocks. Yeah. The big the big question has always been around Cruise whether it can keep on growing at the at the same rate. I mean, they they've got car track tracking um, and they um, they rolling out into um, I think it's uh, well it's the East of Asia market yeah, now, yeah. Um, and then also they're adding on um, telematics as well onto the business. 
Um, it's always looked expensive, but the growth continues. So actually, I mean, we haven't had a, a deep dive look at it, um, and it's, it's a bit difficult from a liquidity point of view, but I think it is one to watch. Uh, all right. Um, we were talking about banks earlier on. Um, there's a question here on Nedbank. Uh, Trikas, would this be one that you look at in that basket of SA banks? Sure, yeah. Um, I think Nedbank is, yeah, uh, a dime a dozen. Yeah, same as APSA. I think APSA is a bit cheaper than Nedbank, but we prefer Standard Bank in the sector uh, okay. because of its Africa growth profile. It's not done them well uh, over the short term, but I do think that uh, over the next 10 to 20 years, I think Standard Bank is better positioned to grow earnings um, if, if, if the economy keeps stalling. Ah, all right. Well, uh, uh, the second part of the viewer's question is uh, Stadio. Mark? Stadio. Yeah, so um, yeah. Stadio, I mean, I think it's a, a great a great business, actually. I mean, they're rolling out um, tertiary education. They're kind of competing more with the UNISA type of, of students. Um, I think they've got a great offering. They're adding... Um, you know, more and more diverse degrees to their, to their offering. Um, they're growing into their capacity. So you'll get not only kind of your normal, um, inflationary increases in terms of revenue, but you also get the capacity growth. So yeah, I think, uh, I think Stadio has got quite a long runway of growth ahead of it. Yeah. And really quite a, they had the AGM. When was it last month? Um, and they had uh, quite encouraging, uh, plans there. Um, also kind of remaining capital light, if I'm uh, correct. Uh, Trikas, would you be going into Stadio? Yeah, I think you can re-into Stadio at this stage. Yeah. Um, like Mark said, I think there's a solid growth story there. There's a, there's a market vacuum um, that's not being filled by by the Department of Higher Education. Um, and um, yeah, the, the same for Advitech. You can even buy a Cura, the secondary schools or the... Yeah. The, which which owned our schools, I think that's sitting on a on a more solid valuation relative to what it wasn't uh, previously. So I think I think the whole education cluster at this moment at this stage is a buy on the JC. Uh, well, uh, sticking uh, with you, Drikas, you mentioned uh, that REITs would be uh, the sector that you'd be going into right now, and I do believe that your stock pick is a REIT. Yeah, so one of our stock picks is Hyprop. I think the earnings yields. Uh, so not not all of the earnings are payable as a dividend. Some of it is captured offshore in uh, in other investment vehicles. Uh, some of it's in in um, West Africa. Some of it's in Eastern Europe. And um, so they mostly pay out the ESA-based earnings. They yet to make a new dividend policy announcement. I think that should follow soon. Uh, so earnings yield about fifteen percent. I think they'll they'll um, pay out most of ESA's earnings. That will bring them to about 11 to 12% um, dividend yield locally, um, which is a solid dividend yield. I mean, so, yes, so you've got the optionality, obviously, that they might sell the West African assets or the East European assets uh, assets going forward. Um, and, I, yeah, uh, I think I think good yields while you wait. And for most of the sector, I think rental is, uh, um, revisions um, are coming down. Mm. It's, it's not, you know, it was negative for, for, for long, but I do see that moderating and even um, I see, I think they will, the, the, the sector as a whole will start to deliver um, top line growth going forward again.
Ah, all right. On your side, Mark, what are you hanging your hat on? Yes, I'm going for, for Absa Bank. Um, like I said, we do like the, the South African banking space. Absa has underperformed the, its peer group for the year. There's been uh, a lot of uh, worry about their exposure to Kenyan um, government bonds. Uh, we don't think it's going to be the same story as Ghana. They had to take a provision against the, the, the Ghana uh, bonds. But we think that Kenya's uh, done more to, to, uh, to avoid that situation, and they've started earlier. Um, and I think that the market's um, unnecessarily worried about it. We think that this set of results will be their peak credit loss ratio. And from here, the credit loss ratio will start to come down to back within their range. Um, I think the absolute will grow earnings in a, a sort of mid single digits and plus you get an 8% dividend yield. And if you add that all together, a bit of a re-rating in the stock, you can get north of 15% uh, return on your money. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much, gents, for your time and for your analysis today. Uh, there are more questions that have been coming in, but Stockwatch is back again tomorrow at 5 past 1 p.m. live. That's it for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Rikas Comring from Capicraft and Mark Detoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Uh, of course, uh, up next, uh, the close with Bloomberg. Stay watching. <laughs>